Welcome to the STL Soccer Report. Brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a very special edition of the Birmingham Backline Podcast. I'm Simon Owens and I'm joined at my end by Glenn Stevens. How are you this evening, Glenn? Doing great. How about y'all? I'm good. I'm good. I have a bourbon in my hand and we're talking soccer. <laughs> <laughs> How could it be bad? How could it be bad? Um, and I say a very special edition because we are doing a crossover show this week and we are joined by uh, Phil Grooms from uh, the STL Soccer Report podcast and uh, the USL show. Uh, Phil, how are you tonight? I'm good, man. Um, my, I've got a homemade bingo sheet over here, and I'm doing good because on it is y'all, bourbon, and soccer. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> a full house coming up yeah, soon. Yeah, you guys are hooking me up right now. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you for joining us, Phil. Thank you for you know helping us out this week. We, uh, as we announced last week, we have recently joined the the BGN, the Beautiful Game Network. And, yeah, exciting <laughs> stuff. And part of the fun of that is that we uh, obviously have access to a wider network of USL podcasts from which we can uh, glean some knowledge on the teams that we are playing this year. Because as much as you and I have followed soccer <laughs> as much as we can. You know, this is this is new territory for us as Birmingham fans. We've right. been used to the MPSL and, you know, the, the fourth division uh, tier of U.S. soccer. So, you know, coming up to uh, D2 has uh, been a learning experience, learning about the, the different teams and the strengths, weaknesses, the styles and all of that sort of good stuff. Mm-hmm. So we thought it would uh, be uh, beneficial for our listeners to, uh, to hear it from the horse's mouth, as it were, as much mm-hmm. as we can on the teams that we are going to be lining up against week by week. Uh, because who can give a better preview of the teams we're facing than fans and podcasters from uh, from the opposition side? So uh, we do appreciate you joining us, Phil. And on that note, I guess just to throw, throw us right in there, uh, St. Louis FC, a ridiculously good start to the season, undefeated, mm. top of the Eastern Conference, the pace setters early on. Uh, is that has that been expected? Was this what you expected going into the season, or has this been as much of a surprise to you as it has been to some other people? Uh, yeah, I think it's surprised to everyone, including people who are very close to St. Louis FC and know it and know the team well. Maybe even especially um, only because yes, we had a great run last year, but man, uh, it was kind of a surprise that Walfall was let go because he seemed to be, when he got healthy, is when things kind of turned around on us. And I think we're kind of seeing that it wasn't necessarily him, even though we, we thought maybe it was. So, yeah, it's a huge surprise. Yeah, it was interesting, Walfall, because obviously we came up against Ottawa early on, and he was pulled off at about 50-something minutes. Like, really, quite early on in the second half, he was substituted, which was a shock to most of us. So I don't quite know what was going on there, but he certainly didn't... uh, He's kind of having some difficult times up in Ottawa, from what I understand, and that was a a perfect example of it. Um, So, obviously, as much as it was unexpected great start to the season what have been the keys to that what have been the you know as, as a fan and as a as a podcaster you've observed about the team that have been a real that has been a real strength um in these first few games definitely the system itself um you know the team presses quite a bit and and they're they're happy to get in everybody's face as often and as quickly as possible um sometimes up high and not necessarily always but um they're just so good at clogging up passing lanes um from the from the front and um i I think that's been what's been very difficult for uh teams to kind of acclimate to this season i don't know if they're not used to it or it's early and they haven't developed their their uh, skills building out of the back or perhaps since usl players aren't the best at building out of the back perhaps (laughs) um that st louis has been able to capitalize on that with with their system but Gosh, it's it's been a noticeable difference. Some teams look great um, playing everyone else, and they they hit St. Louis, and kind of it's like a stumbling block, in a way. And it's been our biggest strength for sure. And so, would you say that the defense has been, you know, is is that what you're known for? Because as we just noticed, looking at the scores that you've had so far, it's not exactly been Tulsa and high scoring. You know, it's been two one, two zero, one one, one zero. Yeah, I mean, you've only allowed two goals in the first five games, and that's pretty impressive, given that you had Nashville and Indy Eleven really right out the gate. Yeah, right. it, 
It was, and in a way, a blessing because you almost want to see those teams early, especially mm-hmm. those two teams you named. Are, they pulled in a ton of new players, you know, and a lot of ringers. But but I'm not sure either team is fully acclimated at this point. Although that said, they're kind of doing well against all the other teams, so it almost gives me a little bit more, um, you know, a little more confidence in my team. But but still, you know, we're not settled here in St. Louis by any means. We're not we're not used to this many wins so quickly. So. <laughs> <laughs> feel the same way about Louisville. We caught them in a bit of a bad patch and were able to hey, capitalize man. on that on the road. They've had some struggles uh, that, at the start of the season. That bad patch may not be going anywhere. They've been and losing, maybe not, no. losing more and more guys, all of quality. Kind of some of their best players are the ones that are going down. So, man, yeah, hard to watch at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, and something kind of to bounce off of just really what y'all have done with the schedule that y'all have had. I mean, it, maybe you can show us something that we haven't seen yet, but is there really any significant weakness to what St. Louis has? Because right now, I'll be honest with you, I mean, only allowing two two scores in the first five, and y'all pretty much scored every single game. I'm not really seeing much of a weakness on y'all's end. Yeah, like in the past, the attack has been the, the problem. The, you know, getting a goal and getting a decent amount of shots and then shots on goal even harder. And, um, you know, we have scored through run of play now a couple times. Um, a lot of them are offset pieces or, or a dead ball or something like that. Um, but but on top of that, the the stats have shown that we've been a good attacking team on, on top of um, how good our defense is, at least compared to the other side we're facing, you know. And, and so 10, 10 shots versus 8 shots, we're happy to, to lead that sort of thing. Um, or even if, oh, sorry, that was shots on goal. I, I, Atlanta United just had the ball the whole time last week. And I think we had 10 (laughs) shots in the whole game, which sounds bad, but our eight shots on goal out of 10 was better than I think they had so many. And they only had maybe six or five shots on goal or something like that. So anyway, it's, um, we've looked good in the attack so far, but if you want to find a weakness, I am, I think this is the first team Considering how good we are playing our style, this is the your team, Birmingham Legion, is kind of the first team where I'm like, okay, I think they're going to have to maybe prove, unless they unless St. Louis gets an early goal, St. Louis is going to have to prove that they can attack your style of team, which uh, seemingly, and, and I'm going to flip the script on you guys just a little bit right away maybe, because seemingly you guys <laughs> kind of sit back and look for a nice counterattack, which worked, worked brilliantly against Louisville. Um, and I think that may be the first time we St. Louis faces a team like that where we may be forced. We don't care to have the ball. Usually, I think we're averaging like 40% possession so far this year. Um, mm. But if we're forced to, to have the ball and if you kind of launch the ball over our press, uh, I'm interested to see what happens. I'm kind of thinking Birmingham might do that. Could you see that happening? Am I close on my assumptions? It's interesting you say that because Louisville was a bit of a departure from the first two games. And I think because we were away and because I think we obviously we respected the opposition even more so knowing even though they've lost a lot of pieces, they're still the back-to-back champs, right? And it's our first road game. So there's a lot against us mm-hmm. <laughs> in that sense um that really that was the first game we've counterattacked because you know if you see like especially the the first goal um straight after theirs it was a ball over the top like you said it's yeah. a ball over the top and Kasim was on his own and able to use his pace and flick it over the keeper and then even the set even the second goal was the counterattack too you know mm-hmm. got the ball to, to right wide and was able to get it across the box to to Chandler Hoffman to you know finish it had a lot left to do but um did it very well because in the first two games, and actually Louisville was the first out of any of the games we played where we weren't leading on all the stats. Mm-hmm. In the first two games at home, we dominated possession, we dominated shots, we dominated all of that sort of stuff. We 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 won on the stat sheet, but yeah. lost on the score sheet. Um, so that's why they were so frustrating, those first two home games, because we could see that the talent, especially looking back at the highlights, you can find you know, how some of the individual players played really well. Mm. Um, they just could not find a goal. So it was interesting to see that as soon as we played the counterattack and utilized our pace better in a counterattacking system than maybe what we do in a high possession based system, which seems to be what Tommy Sone has done a lot over his career anyway. So I was not surprised that that's how we yeah. played. Um, but it was interesting to see that we got not just our first goal, but our first three yeah. uh, playing counterattacking soccer against what on paper should be a better team. Yeah. Well, 
And kind of something just to add on to that is we have people like our captain, Mikey Lopez, that if you watch against Louisville, you see him play back a lot more, not just in the sense of just playing defense. He's been playing defense these three games, but you'll see that he stayed back on basically our side of the field for the most part in Louisville. And I think because they were obviously dominating possession, you saw a lot more of his qualities in that game than you have when we've been keeping the ball because he's a defensive area of a midfielder, right? Right, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about there, Phil, is that just being able to play that type of uh, just kind of stone stone defense, I think, is going to be what I hope to see kind of a little bit more of the style that we play is that we hang back and we kind of give people like Avila the chance to find a prosper yes, for a quick counterattack. Yes. Yeah, so makes, we'll see whether that's the same tactics we use. but Yeah. <laughs> and that might be a good clue is to watch what Mikey Lopez does. Is he bombing forward or is he sitting back maybe? Yeah, because, I mean, like he – we see more of Daniel Johnson being the guy that will – if any type of midfielder is going to bomb forward, he'll be the one to bomb forward. He's Culberson the, he's the a key great creative winger. outlet in the middle, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'll, but you'll definitely see more of Mikey Lopez of uh, if for some reason our counterattack goes south, Mikey Lopez <laughs> is going to be back there almost right there with the back line yes. ready to uh, hold the defense down. Hmm. All right. Well, good. That's more we can watch for. Uh, yeah. Another question I was going to ask you is uh, who's a good player to watch? And the follow-up question, why is it Kyle Colbertson? It's funny you say that. <laughs> on, my, on, my, on my crib sheet here, my list of questions, my next question is one player from St. Louis that we as Birmingham Legion fans should be on the lookout for. Um, I guess we'll answer yours first, seeing you, you got in before us. I just love the Colbertson question because uh, – I don't know how much you've been able to listen to us, but uh, me and Clay, we we spent the first two games almost uh, just falling in love with Culberson, and I still really do love the guy. Me too. Yeah. I just think in the first couple of games, he by far looked the most poised of certainly our back line and I guess the whole team in terms of, you know, just generally having a calming presence on everything. Well, I think that's probably the best way to put it is where, like, Daniel Johnson is a creativity that we absolutely need up there in the midfield. Culberson's kind of just that solid guy that's played in USL. He knows how the USL game is played. Yes. And I think he just kind of adds to the veteran experience that really a first-time team like us in Birmingham really need. It's just having somebody that's seen St. Louis and seen Louisville and can go in and kind of not so much know exactly what – Yeah. (laughs) Not exactly know exactly what the game plan is, but he's definitely able to adjust to it. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, when he he was here last year in St. Louis, and gosh, I I thought he was one of our best players, um, you know, not praised enough. And and yeah, I did listen to your guys' first two shows, and I was like, yes, they get it. They appreciate Kyle. (laughs) I liked it a lot. So, I mean, yeah, I I thought he was great because in our preseason friendly against Nashville, we were playing Eric Avila on the left and playing one of our young um, University of Alabama, Birmingham guys that we signed on the right wing and on the you know right fullback, and it just didn't seem very balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as you know, so that's why it was great that we were able to sign a left-footed left back. Yeah, it just adds that balance to the team. And I mean, I'm surprised that you didn't keep him. What was the story there? I don't know. I I um I think perhaps something weird happened that we don't really know the exact. I think it was a locker room thing or. I don't know if you remember, I don't know how much championship you watched last year, but I don't, they, the uh, double dive that was on ESPN top, you know, 10 terrible yeah. players. Oh, that yeah. was him, wasn't it? Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I really, I truly don't know what it is. Um, and, but I assume it must've been related to that or something that I'll never know about if it's worse than that. So, yeah. We also well, learned this week that he played for Mississippi Brio in the uh, oh, yeah. the old PDL, now League no Two. Way. Back in the day, he was, we we had a bit of a camaraderie with their supporters group last year. We went down just uh, uh, you know to to see that that game when the Birmingham Hammers took on Mississippi Brio and made a bit of a, a frenemy friendship with their goalkeeper at the time, Jordan Bell. So it was a mm-hmm. great delight that we saw that uh, Colbertson was a Brio alum as well. Nice, very um, cool. But yeah, you so got a great quick. player, and I'm glad he landed with you guys because I was like, he's gonna get signed by someone good. I hope we don't face him, and you guys got him, and yeah. Here we <laughs> and are. Then you realize that he he stayed in the East. But I mean, kind of going on what you said though, I mean, I feel like, and you could probably correct me on this, judging by like the results and some of the player acquisition, really, 
it might have just been something as simple as just Culberson leaving helped kind of free up some cap space for you. Quite possibly, yeah. And and yeah, it, it could have been any no, number of normal things on top of that. I'm, I'm sorry for kind of going straight to the, the worst possible thing there. It might have been <laughs> nothing. It might have just been, you know, salary or freeing up space and yeah but that's the thing though and i think we can all agree in soccer that's probably one of the bigger things is that usually whenever it's reported that a player's leaving it's not because of pay or anything like that it's just, it? it's always yeah. some type of drama inside the locker room that causes the yeah guy to and, leave. and to be <laughs> honest it's something that we've you know tried to you know that we're we're a new soccer town i guess you could say not really but in you know <laughs> at this level we are so it's something we'd like to you know one of the things about this level of soccer um, is there is quite a bit of player turnover for all these various reasons you just listed, Glenn. And so, you know, who knows what happened or whether it was a combination of multiple things, but this kind of tends to happen a lot at USL level, it seems, anyway, yeah. to me. I don't know if that's a, an incorrect assumption, but... No, I agree with that completely, yeah. So, so yeah, flipping the script then back onto you, um, who's the one guy that, as Birmingham Legion fans, we should be... Uh, looking out for should be um, you know, anticipating giving us a bit of a hard time on Saturday. Yeah, I think the guy that you just have to go with at this point is uh, Lewis Hilton in the in the midfield. He'll be we kind of play with two holding midfielders, but he's the one that'll go forward most often. Definitely not a ten, but kind of an eight. And um, mm-hmm. he is just you know he's just kind of everywhere at all times and never runs out of energy. Um, goes in hard is really a good leader in the press and kind of makes sure that if there's a hole he's there to, to plug it and um his partner will fill any holes from him getting out of position just fine you know that's what that guy's there for is to let hilton do his job and then anything that gets by hilton there's someone there to clean it up so um just watch for him he also hits a great dead ball can shoot from distance so he he is dangerous as well uh scoring goals uh, but so far, St. Louis is mostly kind of uh, sharing the duties of goal scoring in different ways. So um, I can't give you one goal scorer this year as of yet. Uh, but but Lewis, no, there was a couple one. that have a couple of goals. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I think kind of what, kind of bouncing off what you just said, St. Louis and Tampa Bay, I think was the best game that I saw where St. Louis overall, minus you know that late goal that was given up. Um, did a really good job of exactly what he was talking about, something that we really need to be worried about, which is filling in the holes of the defense. I mean, uh, up until that late goal, St. Louis did a really good job of any time that it looked like an easy pass was going to be coming. Um, just did a great job of filling in where you needed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's part of – it's almost um, – I I'm not sure yet, but one of the inklings I've had is is kind of like what Louisville Louisville has done in the past, where they just kind of are all where they should be at most times, and they have a couple players who, if they're in the right position, can definitely be dangerous and score a goal, and you just kind of do that a whole game. Make sure you're just in the right spots, doing the right things at all times, and the other team's eventually going to screw up, and you're going to score a goal or more. You know what I mean? I've always kind of thought that was Louisville's thing. And I think St. Louis might, I'm getting an inkling that perhaps that might be their thing because, because there's no like flashy moments per se. There's, there's nothing that's like, Oh my God, what did he just do? Um, But they all seem to be kind of doing the right thing at all times, you know? So um, that's one thing I've been trying to figure out. What goals I've seen y'all have y'all are very clinical. It's not kind of like what you said. It's not, flashy and showy it's a lot of just building up to the top and really just hitting the guy where you need to playing the good old 4-4-2 at least by yeah. what uslchampionship.com has had you oh, outside yeah. the indy 11 game it looks like you've been playing the, the traditional formation all day every day yeah and and there's a chance we'll use a three-back system is to get extra attack at times but we haven't needed it yet and we haven't faced any competition that's been really really terrible or anything like that so um, you know, it's going to be a four four two, and I think um, I think it's going to just continue to be the way it's been, just kind of doing their thing, being clinical, and and that's the thing that Pulis wants. He wants his system to be to be the show, to do the thing that that works. And as long as everyone's in their places, something's going to work out at some point. And he just really emphasizes. Everyone says this, but it, it seems to work with him, especially a team and getting along off the field and um, it translating to being on the field. It's the, the culture seems to be extremely good on this team on top of that. Speaking of culture, I think that's a really good one. Um, 
how is how is St. Louis in terms of kind of that crowd, the St. Uh, St. Luligans? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The St. Luligans. Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. I've been able to hear the St. Luligans pretty clearly on ESPN Plus. Uh, <laughs> how's that atmosphere really been at in terms of the they'll play at Worldwide Technology Soccer Park? Is that correct? Yeah, well, I think it's, uh, yeah, that's the soccer park. And it's also named Toyota Stadium for the stadium <laughs> itself. And, uh, you know, all the uh, all the uh, advertisements we can fit in there. But, um, yeah, they're awesome. They're incredible. They've got a great culture. They're very tight. Uh, very rarely does it get too small in that corner. I mean, they're just pretty solid every single week. And it's plenty loud. Even um, that Charlotte game was the worst weather you could ever ask for. It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, just above freezing and, and raining and windy as hell. And, and, you know, most everyone held out the whole time, yelling and screaming as usual. It was, I was, I was really impressed and I'm, I'm typically impressed. And, uh, our, our attendance has been a little lower than, than usual, but I think this is our first night game, um, coming up and, and, um, I think that's going to help our attendance go up. Uh, but the point of saying that is that the Luligans really never falter. It's always pretty good, pretty loud, and um, they lead they lead the stadium in uh, in in the game day feel and how upset to get or how excited to get. It's it's been great. Yeah, I mean, I know it, it is interesting to see the different setups that the different supporters groups have at the different teams. I really like their setup in the corner. I think that works really well. We're kind of they've put us in on you know camera side in the middle, so we're kind of on camera as much as possible, which is Smart. also good in one way to yeah. you know increase that that visibility and to be right there in the heart of the general admission section to you know bring others in and gradually you know spread <laughs> on the sides <laughs> to grow our our section, grow our uh, a form of support a bit more here the magic city brigade our supporters group here um it's interesting that you touched on the attendance being a little lower and i want to leave some time we want to leave some time for you to ask us any more questions that you have so you know please do jump in after this but it's something i want to touch on because i know in st louis you have a big push at the moment or renewed push to aim for the mls and there's you know these new ownership group or this new group of investors is coming that's pushing for an mls franchise that st louis fc is a part of this um and it it is going to be very much in the plans for the future regardless of um whether an mls team is awarded to you um or not but uh, what uh, I have noticed, however, that some of the there's been a bit of concern about that attendance being a bit lower just as you're making this push for um, for the MLS. Can you speak to a bit about that and kind of the, the attitude and the atmosphere and the um, I guess the how the support in the city is behind that push? Yeah. Um, it, so it, it, the attendance thing first is um, I'm not worried at all about that. I think it's generally about right. Like like I said, this is our first night game coming up. And so I think having all the earlier games throughout the beginning of the season was was smart because you want it to be as warm as possible in the cold months. You know, it can get pretty cold in March in, in St. Louis. So um I think that's part of it. And I think we're going to tick up back to close to 5,000 for a long stretch. And then we'll dip up a little higher than that for the bigger games, especially mm. if there's an, uh, you know, if there's ever an open cup against an MLS team, then of course, then we pack the park out with like 7,000, but, but that's as big as it's gotten. And so, um, it's just this weird thing where St. Laura Fenton is out in, um, the suburbs. It's, you know, a good 20 minutes outside the city, maybe 15 or 10, but, um, it's not in a centralized area, and I don't know if that's the reason we've never gotten huge. It could just be that whole second division stigma. There's a lot of uh, soccer, um, you know, soccer elitists in St. Louis for sure that only like their Premier League team, and, and they don't, you know, <laughs> you say there's an amazing atmosphere and a beautiful game happening in Fenton, and they say, well, who's on the team? Thinking, um, you know, we need some kind of British ex-superstar to be on the team to come watch it It, it's hard to figure out what it is and it kills me because the the game day experience is so amazing and and obviously our team is finally doing well and so i'm hoping that attendance ticks up but for some reason it's just always been pretty steady it's always kind of been around four to six thousand no matter what game no matter how um, and seems to follow the weather patterns or school patterns (laughs) more so than anything else you know what i mean (laughs) 
but um, but just to touch on MLS, you know, this this USL team is is a huge part of that MLS push because our owner is one of the main owners of the MLS team. He has plenty of money in his own right. Um, our academy is one of the best academies and in, independent academies in the DA. And so um, we have something to immediately pull from and build on. Um, it's going to explode. And, and I think we're going to be a team kind of like SKC or um, Philadelphia Union that just really pulls from our academy. Uh, a lot of young players immediately to kind of save money on quality and things like that. So, um, you know, St. Louis is, I think, is going to be a gem for MLS. And I think the USL team is a huge part of that. Um, they just kind of added more owners that have even more money and power in St. Louis and respect on top of that, maybe even especially um, being a part of that. Um, and then the other weird thing to combine the two, attendance and MLS, is they've been kind of touting the, um, the attendance thing being, hey, if you really want MLS, show that you like um, the USL team. And the more attendance we have at the USL team, the more it's going to show that we want an MLS team. And, you know... I think that's partially true. I think FC Cincinnati wouldn't be where they are without the large, huge amount of attendance they had. But at the same time, I think some people have started to turn on that as being more sort of disingenuous and not necessarily true. Uh, Garber didn't help us at all by saying that no attendance isn't necessarily the end all be all. So, you know, um, he said that when he came in town. Let me correct that. So, you know, it's all intertwined. It's all connected in one way or another. Um, But, you know, it's going to happen one way or another with MLS, whether it's now with St. Louis or later. I think we all kind of know at this point that MLS is going to take all the cities it cares to get. And I think St. Louis is high enough to eventually get in there. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like the expansion isn't done. You know, that is for sure. It is interesting. You said it because something we've seen, obviously we were as the magic city brigade members, as as members of the sports group, we've been around since the Birmingham hammers days, which was, you know, the, the amateur team basically in the MPSL and, you know, attendance was, you know, all right, you know, wasn't, it was never really that great. I mean, and obviously we've seen a massive uptick in interest, both, you know, for soccer and for us as a group, since we you know went pro, as it were. And I'm sure it would be a bigger uptick again if he went to the MLS, because there is those two schools of thought. You've got the Cincinnati method where they packed out Nippert and that basically helped them get an MLS yeah. franchise. But mm-hmm. then you've got the Atlanta situation where no one went to the Silverbacks games and they got um, <laughs> they right. got an MLS franchise and a packed out of football stadium every week so i mean you know that's the 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 unique thing about u.s soccer is that getting to mls or getting to different stages is is so there's just so many moving parts it's not as easy as just success on the field and success at the gate It, it there's so many different factors going on couldn't agree more with you i think you put it perfectly and um yeah we'll just see what happens i think i think it's just something that we want and is going to happen at some point. Again, I'm not too worried. And, and the big thing that the Luligans try to hammer um, forward and, and that I try to do myself um, is that if it doesn't happen, it's really not going to bother us. I think the USL thing is awesome. You know, as long as they keep yeah. pushing and, and we keep doing our thing, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And I'm going to be happy. So, well, and like you said, like the team, the team itself and the fans have been great. Every time I watch, I mean, it, you can feel the three, the three to four thousand, even five thousand people that are there. You feel the presence, and I mean, honestly, there's not much in terms of competing on a weekend because, I mean, yes, you have St. Louis Cardinals and um, was it the St. Louis Blues? I think just made playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so no NFL team anymore. Yeah, but I mean, there's no NFL team anymore. Baseball, while I do love my baseball and I love to go watch games. Um, not everybody's going to go every single Saturday night to a St. Louis Cardinals game. Not everybody's going to a Blues game. So, I mean, it's just we'll see it's a the great NFL team will make it. Yeah. <laughs> all, all that to say that, I mean, St. Louis FC are just sitting in a good spot right now with the city in terms of just being able to not have that much competition there for attendance whenever, you know, I think – at least to me, whenever people realize how great of a soccer program y'all really do have there. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk about your guys's, you know, soccer culture, too, because um, <laughs> everyone's kind of tout. I'm, I'm getting a mixed message here a little bit, and I want to kind of clear the air. It, it, it Maybe sometimes when a new team pops up, 
they kind of hype it kind of in the same way St. Louis was talking about attendance and MLS. I wonder now, um, it seems like it's been a big deal, like Birmingham soccer, no one ever thought it was going to happen. That's the story that's being popped up, that it's a huge deal that there's pro soccer in Birmingham. And I'm sure that's definitely true. And I'm really happy it's there and excited. But is it overblown or is it like a really huge deal that this has worked out? I mean, it's it's mixed. I think I think it, it's mixed yeah. because, you know, we're at the heart of college football, right? I mean, this is college football town, Birmingham. <laughs> as much as it's, you know, it, it, it's an hour that's away that's from Tuscaloosa and a couple of hours away from Auburn, it's very much college football world here. And, yeah, and that's, that's always going to be number one. Um, but, you know, they've I, I, it's full credit to the front office. They've done a good job. Yeah. We had a, a quote-unquote sellout for the first game, the 5,800, and, you know, and, you know, 4,300, I think, was the announced attendance for the second one. I'm not sure about this past Saturday. They didn't announce the attendance. It got, you know, postponed <laughs> 15 yeah. minutes in, and yeah. they never got any announcement of the uh, attendance. But, you know, it, it, it's growing, and, and I think it's been helped down here. Um, the you know local TVs picked it up and are showing every home game and most of the away games on broadcast over the air television. That helps. Um, it's been mentioned on our big sports radio you know station here. One of the morning show presenters on that has got behind it and goes to the games and tweets about it regularly. And um, there's another local radio station that does a weekly segment um, with Birmingham Legion players and staff every morning, every Monday morning at 9 a.m. It's called Extra Times on Birmingham Matin Radio. It's on an indie rock radio yeah. station, so it appeals to you know the quite quite hipster, <laughs> I guess. That's you know it's kind of the stereotypical soccer fan, you know. If you, um, at least over here. So as far I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised by the coverage yeah. and in the local online media, AL.com's the, the big player online news and on, you know, even the Birmingham news Birmingham newspaper. News. I've been interviewed quite a few times already myself for, for features and articles about the team. And we had an article about the magic city brigade just about us this past week, which was crazy. Nice. Um, which is all been good stuff. And, you know, but we've spoken about it on our podcast before. And then, you know, Glenn will agree that, you know, that let's see what happens as we go down the line, because yeah. we're used to winning down here. We're used to a, as much as it's college, it's a professional setup. It's a, it's, 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 you know, a huge deal. Um, let's just see how things go. And then it's up to the city, which is a very prideful city and does get behind things. We got behind the iron as much as we possibly could. And it's the league that folded. Same old story. Mm. Um, the, but as we tried to tell as many people as we can individually and corporately, this is a league that isn't going anywhere. This is here to stay. This is your chance to really have yeah. a professional team competing, competing that's competitive in a league that's got a national footprint. And it's not going away tomorrow. And so get behind it. Even if you don't know soccer, get to know soccer. And believe me, you'll the more you get invested, the more you'll love it. I like to say it has a habit of making you fall in love with it. That's my kind of phrase I keep coming back to because it has in the new USL, you know, expansion cities like the Nashvilles in recent years yeah. and other places that it has captured the city's imagination. So it's been a good start, but there's a, I, I don't know about you, Glenn, but I'd say there's there's room for growth. But I've been pleasantly surprised that we were able to get 5,800 out to that first game, especially because it got moved because of weather. It's the story of our life so far this year. Four games and three of them three haven't out, even been yeah. on schedule. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which has, I mean, we had a great turnout at our local brewery that we have the viewings, Birmingham District Brewing Company. We had a, uh, we had a really good turnout there. Or away matches, but kind of going off of what you said, I've honestly seen about 50-50 on the same thing. Really, I, not really 50-50. It's more like 70-30, 70% going towards people who come up to me and always tell me, well, I don't know anything about soccer. It's like, great, come to the game. I'll show you it. And a lot of people do actually give it a chance. One of my former bosses actually came to a game and sat with the Magic City Brigade because he was just intrigued about the idea of the game. One of my friends who never watched soccer a day in his life I brought him to the uh, Nashville game, instantly signed up with the Magic City Brigade, and now I have to listen to him talk about uh, Manchester City every single weekend. Oh, dear. Yes, I know. I pray for him daily. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, you talked to me about Man City as a lifelong Man United fan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all that to say, I mean, of course, you're going to get the guys, kind of like what he said, you're going to get the college football people that will come in on the comments every once in a while and be like, well... You don't score. You don't score a lot in soccer, 
And it's like, okay, yes, but there's a lot going on in it. And I mean, you're not, it's hard to reach those people that are going to be your only, your college football people. But overall, I think what I've been saying in the past few podcasts and what I've been saying to everybody that I meet is that Birmingham is a very special place in Alabama where people are willing to give other sports a chance. And when you have somebody like Hoffman, who's one of our, one of our people, that's been key. Yeah. Like being able to go out there and really like Van Oakle and Hoffman have done a really great job of just kind of being out in the community too. Like they, they don't really walk around very elitist. They, uh, they're right next to you. And a lot of things like our farmer's markets and stuff like that. Churches. (laughs) Yeah. Churches. And like just seeing them around, um, I think a lot of people have just kind of grown to love it. Like I've even had uh, people all the way down from Mobile, Alabama, and where I'm originally from, which is a place called Marengo County. Uh, I've had people that have actually been contacting me to try to get tickets to just come up one weekend for their kids to uh, meet these meet these people because you know, I mean, as a state, I mean, people are really starting to kind of come to love soccer. And I think it helps the you know in in a contrast to your situation in saying. St. Louis, our stadium slap bang in the middle of downtown. <laughs> it's on the UAB campus, which is downtown Birmingham. Nice. And so there's a great advantage to that being it's very visible. It's actually right off the exit of one of the interstates that you get off of on University Boulevard to get to that part of downtown. So it's perfectly located then. You can't miss it. You drive past, you see the scoreboard. They've always got something up on it. Um, and it, it, so that's really helpful in terms of just, you know, organic marketing for the team, that it's, it's visible, um, to a lot of people. Um, and so, you know, that, that, that's a real benefit. And I think they did a great job of making sure that they worked with the university to, um, partner on renovating and upgrading the, the soccer statement that's already there to add the big grandstand that they've got now and add the extra seating and the amenities that they needed to obviously bring it up to USL, you know, capabilities that that's going to be really helpful moving forward that it's, it's visible, it's downtown and that it basically fills a hole because <laughs> you, you college football season ends, basketball season ends. And here we are from now until when college football season starts up again, um, that yes, that, you know, we've got a minor league baseball team that's also downtown, but this is a team where you can care if they win and care if they lose, um, which is a little bit different that Birmingham, unfortunately, hasn't really been able to have for an extended period of time because any football league that we've ever had here has gone away. Hmm. So I always, you know, having moved here about three and a half, four years ago, it was quite early on. I could tell that, you know, I think the two sports that could work here really in on a professional non-minor league level are either soccer or basketball. Um, and it just so happens that we're also getting an NBA G League team, which is obviously minor league, but we're getting that too. <laughs> it's interesting that we're seeing that. Um, but I just felt that, you know, soccer could work here. And so it's been really, you know, fantastic to have been a part of um, even a minor part of, of, of that happening. That's great. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of things that had me worried because I don't know anything about Birmingham. And, and that's why I wanted to ask you these questions as a St. Louisan for St. Louisans that may listen to this podcast. No promises on that. But um, <laughs> but they um, I was worried because you were getting Chandler Hoffman, uh, Van Ockel, quality players and, and several others, of course. But I was like, man, is Birmingham? Are they going to appreciate these guys? Are they going to show up and watch this game? Are they going to be good? You know, I was worried about a guy like Chandler Hoffman going down there and and wasting his career away for no reason. You know what I mean? And and that hasn't at all happened. It's you guys have something really great going down there, and I'm glad to hear that you really kind of thought it was going to work all along. And and listening to you talk about it, of course it was going to work. It's it's a perfect it's a perfect way to start a team. I think you guys really nailed it. I would. I would, you know, we're so lucky to have our own stadium in St. Louis and Fenton, and it's a stadium with a lot of history. It's really amazing, but it it works so well to have something on or next to a college campus selling yes. beer, yeah. I assume, you know what I mean? Yes. And it's a good, good product. <laughs> yeah, and they've done, they've done a, a good job of partnering with a local, um, well, they partner with like a kind of regional kind of yeah. beverage distribution company, but we've got one of the stands is a standing room only oh uh, stand where you pay $25, but you get 
discounted craft beer you get $3 because it's beer. sponsored by the craft brewery. Oh my god, genius! And that that's always packed out. And it's downtown. You know, I'm really jealous of all of those things. That's, I mean, it sounds like your ownership knows what they're doing. They're being really smart, like making really smart soccer decisions on top of just smart sporting mm-hmm. decisions. So um, I'm really glad I got to hear about that, and hopefully other people are hearing about it too. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, because one of the things that the front office did and one of the things I went out there to do a lot of was everything and kind of what I say about the city itself is that everything is made in Birmingham. Yes. So, number one, you have Good People Brewing Company, which is a Good People deck, which is made in Birmingham. Mm. Our parking situation, UAB helped out a lot. And we actually use an app called Clutch. Which is a Tuscaloosa-based business, right? Tuscaloosa. Well, I think it was Birmingham, Tuscaloosa-based. So that's a local business. A local business app that allows you to actually pay for parking and reserve a parking spot. I remember you guys talking about that. That's cool. Yeah, we just have that. And, I mean, every every single time it seems like we come out with something, the team comes out with something, it's always – locally owned so-and-so is part of the legion family now and it's just it's just great to see that you know kind of what you were talking about kind of tapping into how do we get the audience into it i mean if you tell people hey 25 bucks you get discounted local beer and it's honestly probably one of the top breweries that everybody loves to go to in the state oh, of alabama it's probably the most well-known one yeah. in this part of the, the the country i'd say really yeah I mean, it's just like everybody instantly goes nuts and i think the two games that we've had so far that deck is actually sold out yes it's it's like it's a hot it's a hot ticket to buy and it's interesting that as speaking from obviously the supporter section it's been the part of the stadium where we've heard noise reciprocated right yeah which is important (laughs) because you know honestly at the hammers games we were cheering and chanting and reacting in at the right times you know because we knew soccer right but it was kind of sat on hands the rest of the stuff <laughs> I hate to say it you know people were sat on hands they don't it, there is a learning process because it, you don't consume soccer in the same way you consume other sports um it is a more of a I feel like a more participation sport from a fan perspective than other than other sports are and so that you know we're, we're beginning to see and hear reactions at the right times yes and, you know and, and and hear that the anticipation growing particularly because we haven't scored a goal at home yet that second home game where we just were knocking on the door and just couldn't get it over the line literally as that Brian White shot trickled towards the line and was cleared. You heard the gasps and the the oohs and the ahs from the other part of the stadium too, which was fantastic because like, yes, we got them. They're invested <laughs> and that's key because that's what is that's what we need. We need investment because yeah. it's only going to work if the city gets behind it. And the only way the city's going to get behind it is if they start caring whether we win or lose or not. And that's the key. And I just want to throw one other thing out there without wanting to, you know, drag on too far. But, you know, Birmingham, it's a very family values based city, I'd say, you know, yes, there's, and that soccer almost can have that can can meet both the, you know, the downtown growing young um, um, side of things with the craft breweries with, the, you know, that soccer is a growing sport amongst a certain demographic that have had more access to it now than than previous generations have. Um, but also, you know, the family um, values that, which is why our minor league baseball team does well, because you can bring your kids to a cheap day out and have a, you know, have a, have a nice Saturday night out. Yeah. Um, the same could be said for this. You'll get families bringing their kids and um, to the games. And, you know, and, and, and I think it's something in terms of the recruitment that you touched on. That's key. Jay heaps, those of us in the know knew as soon as they hired Jay Heaps, like, oh, wow, <laughs> this isn't just going to be here just to be here. <laughs> they're actually, this is, that's quite a coup. They're, they want, they're going to want to be competitive and they're going to be aiming to win something one day because why on earth would Jay Heaps come down here from the Northeast of America, come all the way down here and move his whole life to run a soccer club in Birmingham if they weren't going to try their best to be winning stuff, right? So that to us was like, wow. But he said something and has repeated it, you know, in terms of press conferences and interviews on local media that he wants to hire people with good character, both on and off the field. And I think, you know, when you've got guys like Chandler, who's been here, he grew up here, his family's here and he's coming home to be with his near his family. And he's brought his new, you know, his new wife from <laughs> Utah back home to, to be with his family and presumably to set up roots for the, for the long term future now back home. 
Um, you've got someone like Matt Van Oakel who's got kids and this is, you know, to the tail end of his playing career and he's already, you know, taken on a coaching role at the club. So he's looking towards the future and hopefully doing so here. And his family's been very accessible. Chandler's, Hoff, Chandler's family been very accessible. They've been at our viewing parties. We've got to know them. We've got to know Van, uh, Matt Van Oakel's wife and kids a little bit because they've been around and been at events and, and wanting to engage with us and get to know us. Um, and the team has done the same. They're always very accessible from the ticket executives to the front office. And obviously we've known Morgan Copes for a long time because of his involvement with the Hammers. So we've got that community aspect and the players are always available after the games for autographs and they, they stay and they sign autographs and there's an autograph alley, you know, by one of the, you know, by one, one of the goals where, you know, kids can wait and get everything autographed after the game, win, lose or draw that, that's that's something that's credit to the front office that they've realized the type of market they're in because they're from here the the owners are from here yeah. and those that haven't been haven't lived here and are new to the this part of the world like jay and like tommy Stone, they've very quickly picked up what type of place this is and they've worked really hard to build a team already that fits that and so I mean, it's been really encouraging. We just need to, we just want to see a home goal now and get some more results on the field after that Louisville game. <laughs> well, it looked good in Louisville, so I, I wish you all the luck, except for uh, this week and one more week after, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, I, th- I think I got all my questions out of the way. Are you guys pretty good? Yeah, uh, I think I think we're good here. So, Anything else you want to, I guess, do we do predictions or you want to just kind of close out? We, that would we, actually be a lot we, of fun. Let, let's do a prediction. Yeah, let, let's hear from you. Let's try and be realistic, Cliff. We are facing the <laughs> like league 15 leaders. 15 to nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're facing the league leaders. Hat trick for everybody. You know, I, 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 we, 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 we did a really terrible job of predicting the season on one of our earlier podcasts. We laid out every game and predicted whether it be win, lose, or draw. We ha- I had us being 2-0 and o going into the Louisville game and losing that one, but we ended up being 0-2 and two and winning the Louisville game. So I that, think I'm 1-2 and two my, right yeah, You predicted we'd lose to Bethlehem. In all fairness, you thought we'd have some opening day jitters, which we very much did, but I can't even remember what I predicted for this one because obviously we I was going into this thinking of St. Louis as last year's St. Louis, not right. this year's St. Louis. So yeah. it's a little bit different now. So um, the pessimist in me would say we're probably going to lose and I'd be delighted if we could get a draw, but... If we can play the counterattack to the same level that we did against Louisville, who knows? Yeah, I, I think someone's going to steal one from us at some point, and you guys kind of fit the mold, in my opinion. What were you about to say? Glenn? No, I, was, I, I thought he was about to give out the score on that one. That's why I was like... Uh, <laughs> Not that bold. Uh, well, I'll I'm going to say a draw. I'm going to say a draw. I'll be somewhere between optimistic <laughs> and realistic. <laughs> That's what I did... Uh, that's what I did with the Red Bulls podcast, honestly, the Rising Bull, Raising Bull. And then they scored within eight minutes. Yeah, and then they, like eight minutes they scored a goal on us. I was like, but, but the replay of the game is from scratch, so the goal never happened. <laughs> it's true. We, somehow, I don't know how. What, we, we all wipe our brow on that one. one. Right. Um, I guess for me overall, uh, I can very much see. Oh, man, people are going to hate me for this one. I could see a 2 1 loss. Um, I think that's respectable. As I say, I think I think we can. I think it'll be kind of like what we did last week, where St. Louis will probably um, come in, probably score in the first fifteen. I think we make a quick counter strike, but I think somewhere along the 80th minute, um, we just kind of slip up at the last minute. We have had an issue with early goals. I think that's yeah. been yeah. Well, Louisville, we were able to bounce back and keep fighting. I mean, it happened against New York. It happened against Ottawa, fatally against Ottawa, that we weren't able to get back into the game. Um, which is interesting because you mentioned that earlier, Phil. That if you feel like you can get an early goal, that that might be the catalyst for a win. But if the longer it goes on, um, maybe the more prone you might be for us to, to nicking one. I don't know yeah. what your, um, I guess, fought out prediction would be for the game well that is a good point um i think that's tampa got a draw and that was kind of a late goal and and we got a really early one so um and that's what i was going to say exactly that that if we do get if st louis gets an early one and at that some point they kind of hedge their bets on defending out a little bit too early often and i think that's what happened with tampa so I think if they do that with you guys and, you know, things play out the way you were kind of saying, hopefully, you know, maybe they'll they'll 
turn on the Jets again and try to nick a, 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 a nick a goal at the end again. I was going to say two one as well. So we'll see what happens though. <laughs> so I guess by consensus, two of the three of us said two one St Louis. Yeah. So I guess we go with that as our official combined <laughs> prediction that the Legion are going to fall two one very respectably, nonetheless, to uh, St Louis FC on Saturday. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, do you guys like to, uh, you want to tell everybody in St. Louis where they can find you? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're at Beham Backline. Um, we, we actually have a couple of places you can find us. If you want to go to our actual website, we are BehamBackline.com. Or if you want to, go on over to the Beautiful Game Network, and you can actually find our wonderful yes. podcast on there now. BGN.fm slash Birmingham dash backline, I believe, is the official yeah. URL. Um, as Glenn Hurdley pulls out his phone to check that I haven't sent people in the wrong direction. <laughs> and just as a quick plug for us, if you want to learn anything more about us as a supporters group as the Magic City Brigade, then you can find us on Magic City Brigade dot org or mc brigade 14 that's the year we were founded um on twitter um or magic city brigade on facebook and you'll be able to learn uh, very quickly a little bit about what we are who we are and what we do very nice um and for birmingham folks um y'all can find me at P, uh, phil grooms on twitter uh, two l's two o's and i hope i just want to say i hope you guys have tried out the uh, usl show if you're interested in finding out about other teams in, in the league so i'm also on the usl show so give that a shot if you haven't already um and i'm gonna go ahead and take the honor of closing out the show with a sponsor read and i hope you enjoy it it's uh thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves official scarf supplier of mls usl and u.s soccer Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Simon and Glenn, thanks for having me today and, and, and doing a crossover show with me. Hey, thanks for having us, man.